So you lied. You flat out lied to the Twitterverse. Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 38, brought to you by acmescience.com. On this week's episode, we discuss a plastic number, a golden number, an eating number, and a number that we can define but still not compute. And yet, all of them, all of them are constant. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that comes to you from mine and Nathan's apartment because it's no longer a secret. I think this is the last time I'm going to point out that it's no longer a secret because I've already done that a couple of times. Now, this is a podcast where we take some sort of, you know, mathematical topic and uh, don't talk about it. So, on the podcast today, you okay? You okay there? Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, that's right, you're not allowed talking yet. I, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to do this so that uh, nobody can step all over my interest for once. Oh, Chris, you're not wearing your shirt. <laughs> okay, so I guess you can still yell and get it into my microphone. The voice you just heard, ruining everything, as is his penchant. That is right, he is more terrible than Ivan the Terrible, more horrible than Hor- Hagrid the Humongous, and more terrifying, well, not even more terrifying than a kitten. Nathan Rowe. Is, is my mic on yet? Yeah, your mic's on. Hello. <laughs> and next up, Giggly McGiggerson. More laugh tracks than uh, an 80s sitcom. Christopher Bates. Where's my shirt? You're wearing it, as a matter of fact. Are, are I, really, sure? I really feel like I should take a picture just to prove to the people uh, out there. That you are wearing your shirt. So uh, we did actually get a couple of posts on the forum. I'm really happy. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out right here to uh, Mr. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yes. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just Doctor Who on the forum. But, you know, I mean, there's a Mr. in front of his name because I put it there because I'm assuming that it's a guy. Since, since it's your, like, you control the website, can you actually look at the information people put in when they sign up for a username and stuff? Just the information they put in their public profile. So so even you can't look at their private information. I don't it's, believe it's that self- I can, and I have no interest well, in right, doing right. it. Right, right, right. I was just... I am not violating your <laughs> privacy forum users. We want people to use the I forum. I know, well, well right. But there as are very you... funny posts about you on the forum, which you don't know about because you don't go there. That's There's also true. funny shit about you. And that's right. You guys know none of this because you don't take part in the forum for the podcast you're a part of. Also, saying you when you're and pointing <laughs> doesn't help the listener very okay, much. Okay, you, Nathan. <laughs> there's, there's significantly more funny things about Nathan. Well, uh, well look at him. <laughs> thank you. Um. Well, he is, he is, I mean, he does bear an odd resemblance to Babe Pig in the City. It was the pictures when he was running naked after the bathtub incident. You know? <laughs> the eureka. <laughs> the eureka moment. Okay, so we're recording this. Uh, let's see. Today's date. It's the 9th. So we are now five or six days. Five days. Five days. 
wow, I can't do math. <laughs> I can't do arithmetic. We're now five days on the date of this recording, and it's going to get released uh, two days before the most important holiday of the mathematical season, Pi Day. And so in honor of Pi Day, and uh, one person in here actually knows what topic we're going to talk about, so this is a weird one. I didn't know we were doing it today. But it's in honor of Pi Day. Okay. Uh, we are going to talk about mathematical constants. We've already talked about pi, so we got to branch out a little bit here. <laughs> okay, so and math, mathematical constants. Chris, how about you give me a rundown of what a mathematical constant is? Well, a constant is a number <laughs> whose value doesn't change, and a mathematical constant is a constant that use, that's used in math. A constant doesn't necessarily have to be a number. It's just a mathematical something. constant is a number, usually okay. a real number. A mathematical constant is yes. a number that does not change. Or it could be, I wonder if you could start talking about functions. Because it's just We're an, not it's going an to element. talk about functions. You, if you could code up a function as a real. I've already <laughs> lost control. I'm like five minutes in and I've already lost control of you. No, I do think that, I do think that you could, I think you could have constant well, there are constant functions, I guess, but but I'm just I'm saying like like a function is this mathematical constant, and it's but it's considered a mathematical constant of a certain uh, you know space, like a function okay. space. Okay. Yeah, or but something. in this case, we're specifically talking about mathematical constants in the more basic definition, which are literally just numbers that we have some symbol for. Uh, the most basic mathematical constants, the ones that everybody knows are numbers. I mean, just, just from the get-go, the integers, those are all mathematical constants. Zero is the zero constant. It's the additive identity, identity constant. Yeah. One is unity. It's the multiplicative Negative identity. Identity. Now, honestly, those aren't that interesting, but when you think of it, I mean, all of, say, number theory and most of mathematics is the study of mathematical constants, at least in some way, at least old mathematics. So, you know, geometry, number theory, things like that. We were talking about constants. Sine of 30 is a constant. Or did not... Why did I say sine of 30? Sine of what? Pi over 3? Yeah, but what's pi over 3? Well, that is a wonderful segue there, Chris. I wasn't even <laughs> going for that one. But the most, the most well-known of the other mathematical constants is the number that we will be celebrating uh, multiple times. I, I'm going to try to get this out before the Pi Mu Epsilon uh, contest. So anyone in Vegas who uh, hears this before uh, Friday the 12th, uh, you can head out to the math department. Where is it going to be held, Chris? In the student union room uh, 288. So we're going to be in the student union for this. Y yes. Okay, student union room 2... They don't mess around. 2... 288. Okay, student Have union they get room. That high? How many? Room 288. Uh, you can see the three people on this show competing to eat out the shape of pie from a pie. Yes. We are sculpting pie out of pie with, with our, our faces. faces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, but, I mean, this is all in celebration of pie, where this topic is really because of pie. And so, uh, can someone tell me what pie is? Pi is the mathematical nope, constant wrong. defined Go by... Chris. Pi is the ratio... No! 3.14159265432711. I, I, I started making up numbers the last, like, three. It's 208B. 
Room 208B in the yeah, studio. Yeah, I knew unit. it wasn't 80. They didn't <laughs> get my constants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 208 is a constant. Just saying, 208B, is that in hex? That's a huge number. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Nathan, Nathan just did what I actually wanted to. Uh, and, and so, so and this is, this is what, what pi is. But let's, let's let Chris actually give his proper definition of pi. As far as I know... And what I as far as you know, what is it? You know exactly what it is. Don't qualify. Be decisive. Pi is the ratio of the circumference of a circle uh, to diameter to its diameter in Euclidean and two-dimensional Euclidean space. Yay! Um, pi is also <laughs> shit. I don't know. It's the. Uh, the area of a circle of radius one, um, but it's pi units squared, I guess. Um, I mean, all I've seen, I've only seen we pi already, defined geometrically. We already did a freaking pi episode, so let's not... Well, yeah, we didn't want to spend too much, but just give a little bit of refresher to people who say haven't heard it. Well, okay. Or don't remember that, it because sure, it was a while sure, ago. But, but I, I don't want to... I, mean, wanna, it's, I mean, it's one of the interesting things. I don't even know if we covered this. It was... Really, the first real number that wasn't an integer or a fraction, and because we had pi before we had the real numbers, um, way before we had the real numbers. Right, but they also talked about square roots because they talked about squares give rise to square roots, circles gives ri give rise to pi. Is pi um, is pi a transcendental number? Yes. Yes, pi is transcendental. It, a lot of I think a lot of. Uh, things that we actually define as mathematical constants tend to be transcendental numbers. Um, I guess. The interesting I mean, ones. Well, I, the reason that we have to define them as mathematical constants is because it's they're We don't have a number, yeah. Right, we can't, we can't write them down in any way other than to just define them as a constant. I wish I had known that in grade school. I mean, on math exams, I wish you just put down constant K1 for the answer number one, constant K2 for the answer number two, where K1 <laughs> is, where KI is defined as the answer to question I. <laughs> oh, that is a fantastic trick. I wonder if that would, it, oh no, the GRE subject test is... Uh, Multiple choice, damn it. Yeah. I would have done so badly on that. So let's let's just uh, skip ahead. As you said, we've talked about pi before. Let's uh, skip ahead to another constant. How about we make one that isn't real, but isn't an integer? I? I. Oh, oh isn't it? Is it? Is not an integer. I is not an integer. Uh, oh, it's, it is a member of the Gaussian integers, though. Yeah, we're not. I'm talking about integer. regular integer. Okay. I. I, matey. I ain't no integer. <laughs> Oh, I is the complex unit or, or something. Yeah, imaginary, imaginary unit. unit. It's I mean, say. it's the basis for complex numbers. The basis. Uh, not basis as in linear algebra basis. Basis as in like oh, whale hunting was the basis for Moby Dick. Got it. Yeah. So we, it, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. It was all about the human condition and how we're bad to each other. I don't know. I haven't actually read it, but somebody did. Yeah, some, uh, somebody has for sure. Uh, somebody uh, did translate it into the uh, Japanese emoticon language. <laughs> There's wait. Okay, okay. Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> emoticon. 
it, language. It's something, it's something if, like how, an how are they Japanese? How is it in Japanese if it's emoticon? You think emoticons would be universal or something? What would be emoticonji? I mean, as a, <laughs> I think it may actually there, be. Maybe it's just the emoticon language made by Japanese people, so it's, it's Japanese in make and thus referred to as Japanese emoticon language. Well, it, it's used in Japan. Is the is really the basic idea. I can't remember exactly what it is, uh, but it, it, it is just a bunch of, it, they're not like characters. You know, they're not, you know, characters as in written characters. They're pictures. Yeah, they're so, pictures. So a dog, you draw language. a little picture of a dog to be a dog. Is it an ASCII? It's not an, oh. <laughs> Yet. Think of, you know, emoticons, the, the old school text. There's, there's no way that it could be uh, represented in two, you know, 250, you know, um, one byte, you couldn't get one of these emoticon characters. It would have to be two bytes, probably. Well, no, he's talking about ASCII art, where you use uh, ASCII essentially to uh, use different uh, ASCII uh, things that you use in ASCII uh-huh. in order to make a picture of something. Colon hyphen right parenthesis. Colon hyphen. Oh, I was actually thinking of when oh, they oh, when oh, they oh. do kind of like the collage of the characters to make it look Wait, like a face. Which one That's is incredible. right parentheses and which one is left parentheses? I think of an open paren- and closed. Left parentheses is uh, open and it's frowny face. Yeah, okay, so you were doing a happy face, not the frowny face. And All winking. right. Yeah, I always think of it as as open and closed because left. I guess the the open is always on the left. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. I'm down with that. Okay. So let's let's get back to cons. So we have the we have the imaginary unit, and that is what we need for complex numbers. Have we talked about complex numbers before? I think we may have on the uh, t- the uh, podcast with um, Anthony as well. We were going oh, okay. to number systems. Oh, okay. Well, then oh. let's then let's just skip over that. And now another one that we've also <laughs> talked about, because uh, I, I do think we've talked about I rather extensively before, too. Yep. Okay. Uh, and we've also talked rather uh, extensively about E. Yay! That was only two episodes ago. So uh, E is Euler's number, also known as Napier's constant, and a few other names. But Euler had other constants, not just E. And he wasn't just the, wasn't just the guy who uh, did all that other things and helped uh, popularize pi as a symbol. He also had the Euler-Mascheroni constant. Anyone know what this is? Is it the curvature of a piece of macaroni? or? Wait, was it Euler-Macaroni? Mascheroni. Mascheroni. So, like, you take some macaroni and then put it in, like, a mortar and... It's a mathematical constant. It reoccurs in analysis and number theory. Uh, It's denoted using the lowercase gamma. I've seen that. It's the limiting difference between harmonic series and the natural log. Ah, I have seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you've seen it. What is it actually used for? I, well, it, it, number theory extensively, like when you're counting primes and things like that, you have you often can reduce things down to a harmonic series in some way, and that constant shows up because um, you know that you know that asymptotically it behaves the same, and so. So, um, you know, this, this summation um, minus the natural log of, and it, 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 I don't know, somehow, somehow it allows you to solve exactly um, in the different infinite series and, and things like that, I guess. Um, but, 
Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's sort of it's weird to use. You have to. It's it's kind of like the how the halting problem seems to be the only thing that doesn't that that is uncomputable. You know, Except they, for other things that can reduce to that. Right, problem. right. So everything everything seems to reduce to the halting problem some yeah. way because everything you prove is uncomputable. This is sort of you you kind of reduce everything down into the harmonic series eventually, and then and then use that constant to whatever. Okay, uh, this is, uh, I just found my new favorite mathematical constant, and that is the plastic number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the unique real solution of x cubed equals x plus one. That, like, that's, that it, and it equals, it's uh, denoted by lowercase rho, and it equals the cube root of one-half plus one-sixth times the square root of 23 divided by 3 plus the cube root of one-half minus one-sixth times the square root of 23 over 3. Why is it plastic? I have no idea. It's defined very similarly to, to um, the golden ratio, which is another constant, because um, the golden ratio is the unique real number. Um, sorry, no, the... There's, there's two, actually. but So it's one of the two numbers. X squared equals X plus one. Yeah. Uh, I, it, was, it was given the name plastic number uh, in 1928 by Dom Hans van der Laan. He's Dutch, rather, obviously, from that name. Uh, unlike uh, golden ratio or silver number, uh, it, plastic was not meant to, uh, according to Wikipedia, not meant to refer to a substance. Uh, it's meant uh, uh, in the adjective plastic, which I did not know that the adjective plastic meant this, but I'm going to use it in a uh, conversation like this quite often now. Uh, plastic can mean something that can be given a three-dimensional shape. Wow. I, that's an ancient definition. Yeah, I, mean, I so dig that this, definition, though. This constant was defined before we had invented plastics, because plastics didn't show up until... Until just like during World War Two, is that am I am I right on that? Um, it was somewhere right around there that we that we discovered plastic. So like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, it's so everything around us is uh, made of plastic. Cellulose-based plastics were uh, patented in 1855. Oh, well, but they didn't have they didn't have a way to produce them. I guess no, it was made from it was patented. So it right, was right, 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 right. Finely but, ground wood flour mixed with a egg or blood gelatin <laughs> things like that i really well something bakelite was produced in uh, cheap synthesis methods for bakelite plastics were 1909 we okay, had plastic and i guess i'm i'm wrong but but there are <laughs> thank god i very rarely get to actually <laughs> prove you wrong that's I'm, fantastic I'm, I, there was something some revolution happened with plastics oh, somewhere I, right around yeah that. no I mean, no I there were we were able to produce uh, I think it was rigid plastics that were light as well or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not, I'm not, I know that, that there was some, like plastics were almost useless until around World War II and now everything's made of it because it's, it's sometimes stronger than steel and I mean, I don't know. So we were talking before about how a lot of these constants tend to be transcendental. Yes. Um, but there, uh, the constant we're going to talk about next um, is believed to be transcendental, but not proven to be so. Okay. And that is the Figenbaum constants. Now, there's two of them. Uh, one of them is uh, represented by lowercase sigma, 
And uh, what they do is they uh, deal with ratios uh, in bifurcation diagrams. So when you're dealing with uh, dynamical systems and you have a bifurcating dynamical system, it has something to do with the ratios of the bifurcations. The first one uh, is 4.669201609102990671853203828 and so on. I'm not going to go that far with the next one. I just wanted to do that for one of these constants. And the other one is lowercase alpha 2.502907 and so on. Um, and so uh, they're the limiting ratios of bi each bifurcation interval to the next. Uh, the diameters of successive uh, circles on the real axis of the Mandelbrot set as well. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that, this that this is kind, kind of, of outside of any of our areas. We're no, not going to no, be able I mean, to talk about it's, this. It's weird that they think that that's, out, that that's transcendental because, you, I mean, the way the Mandelbrot set is defined is is through oh it's an exponential but it, process isn't but it? it's it's also mildly chaotic well right and right. and since it's chaotic i mean ergodic things do tend to be transcendental in nature um but but uh, because it's it's, it's a mean, limit it's not it's not a cyclical point it's a limit right 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 of it and i think that that's probably the main if it's a cyclical point obviously it's not going to be transcendental it's interesting that they haven't been able to proofs that things are transcendental sorry. suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the proof that pi is transcendental. I did it in in my second semester real analysis. I don't remember what I did, um, but I think that it relied heavily on some theorem that I didn't prove. But I'm not I'm not even sure about. Maybe I proved it from scratch. But no, I I don't. I mean, holy shit! Like like. The so first we, we've been talking about oh, transcendental a lot, and I know we've defined it before, but we should probably define it again. Oh, oh, oh good point. Um, first, you need to know what an algebraic number is. An algebraic number, uh, a real algebraic number, is a number that is a root of a polynomial with integer coefficients. So, you know, and a polynomial is like a plus bx plus cx squared plus dot, 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 and then you have to end at a finite point. Finite point is, is very important. Um, anyway, if you're the root of any polynomial like that, so root means if you plug that number into the polynomial, you get back out zero. Um, so if you're, if there's any polynomial that exists where it's zero at your value, then, um, then you're called algebraic and transcendental is just anything that's not algebraic. So for the number pi, there is no polynomial whatsoever, um, whose root is um, the number pi, who, whose value takes, who takes the value zero at pi. Um, and so the, the, first, the first numbers that they proved to be transcendental, they, they made in a special way so that they could perfectly, um, perfectly diagonalize across all, all polynomials. So, so they, they have this, I don't know, and, and, and that was hard enough already, so that they, they managed to, to one at a time show it's not this polynomial, it's not this polynomial, it's not this polynomial. Um, so how they do it for pi and e when they, when they can't just, I mean, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so and yeah, and so that's, that's the idea of transcendental numbers. One constant that is in no way transcendental is Legendre's constant. Uh, now, this used to be my favorite constant until I found out about the plastic number about five minutes ago. 
And this was my favorite concept because it is it is so weird. Uh, it's a concept. It originally occurred in a formula conjectured by Legendre. Uh, it was to capture the behavior of prime, the prime counting function pi of x. Pi of x, yes, uh, it's not actually has anything to do with pi, but pi of x is the function that counts the amount of primes before the number x. So the primes right. up until x. Uh, and it, in it, uh, for this function, it was the limit of the natural log of n minus n over pi of n equals b prime subscript l. And, okay. and that, that was Legendre's concept, was b prime subscript l. Uh, the great thing about this, uh, Legendre originally guessed this, according to Wikipedia, it would be about 1.08366. But it has been since proven that this equals exactly 1. <laughs> he defined this function in just in this abstract way, or defined this constant in the abstract way, and it turns out that it equals exactly 1. Now, Nathan knew this because this is on the clock that is in our kitchen. Right, right. <laughs> That's the only place I've seen it. But um, Well, and, of course, because, because why would you yeah. use it anymore? It's proven to yeah. be one. Now that it's proven to be one, people forget about it. But, like, that is so freaking amazing, you know? Like, I... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're defining, you're defining a natural log of a number minus the ratio of that number divided by the number of primes before that number. And it just equals one as in goes to infinity. Yeah. That, it, which is how we get crazy. It's how we get our prime estimation amounts too. Right, 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 right. Once you know that that, that, that is the constant one or any constant, um, you do have an estimate for the number of primes. Natural log of n over n. Right, right. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting better estimates that's... Uh, not so easy oh uh, one that we haven't talked about how did we miss this so we we've talked about pi we've talked about e what's the third most well-known abstract mathematical constant i think i did mention it when you were talking about the plastic number i said yes okay we did but we haven't actually talked about so what is it the square root of 5 minus 1 all over 2. Otherwise known as, by Dan Brown fame, Dan Brown mentions it constantly in his books. The golden ratio? Yeah. Or at least he mentioned it constantly in, in the Da Vinci, da Vinci code. code. But that's because Da Vinci was obsessed with it. Well, they, well all, most artists are obsessed with the golden ratio. Well, it, I, is, it is considered the most uniform. Renaissance I guess. Well, I no, mean, even to this day, even abstract artists of the 40s and 50s when they were doing all their squares and things like that, they tended to make sure that the like squares within squares, all those squares expressed the golden ratio. Right. And actually, um, well... Squares don't express the golden ratio. Not squares. I'm sorry, rectangles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Squares are a one-to-one. Yeah. Actually, this past weekend, um, I was was doing a a stained glass project, making making something out of stained glass, and I had to come up with some idea. It's going to be a gift for my mother, and she doesn't know about it, so it's a good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, I'm totally emailing her about this podcast. Um, I'm going to get her phone number (laughs) from somebody else. Yeah. I've got her. Uh, Uh, Yeah, of course you do, Chris. You call her at 3 (laughs) a.m.? If if he knew her, he certainly would. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, the thing I decided to make for her is what's called a golden spiral, a golden like rectangle spiral. 
Anyway, um, uh, the the reason the reason that you can make this this awesome spiral with the golden rectangle, um, is is the the, the well, I mean, it has golden, to do with the Fibonacci yeah, numbers. Well, no, well, the golden ratio has this property that that um, it it's you know the solution of x squared equals x plus one. So so if phi is the golden ratio, if you take one and add phi, you end up with phi squared. Um, and and when we say squared, we sort of abstractified squared, but you know we say <laughs> that is not a word. Abstractified is not a word. Matt, anyway, Matt, abstracted, abstracted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Ab- that abstractified. Like yes, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> like, but and, Matt. Hey, Matt. I abstractified my ears. I'm gonna I'm gonna imaginify that that's yeah. a word. <laughs> I'm gonna sol- oh solidify. Oh fuck! I just got into a real word. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, in math, it would like as soon as we had algebra and and writing down equations, now when when I say squared, you picture a little two uh, as a superscript of a number. But squared originally came from this idea of squares, um, because if you had a length, uh, the area the area of the square made with that length on each side is, you know, if if the length is a, the area is a squared. Um, so, so since that phi squared is equal to phi plus one, um, if you if you have a square with uh, if you have a square with um, side length one and a square with side length phi, and you put them on top of a square with side length phi squared, it lines up perfectly, and then you can just sort of form into into a spiral, and you can continue this. Since 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 you've put the the thing with length phi on top of the square with length phi squared, um, that side put together is length phi cubed. Um, and so you can put a phi cubed square beside that. And now you've got a phi cubed square next to a phi squared square. And so um, you get one that's phi, phi to the <laughs> phi four. Phi squared squared. Anyway, so you can keep going like that uh, indefinitely and get these um, these crazy spirals that, that were, these squares line up perfectly. It's really cool. No, it, and, it, and it's a beautiful, like, I mean, it's called the golden ratio because it literally is considered the most beautiful ratio to, yeah. to humans' eyes. And when you look at the, the concentric circle that it forms, I mean, it's, I, we've talked about it before uh, on the episode where Chris had a seashell in his pocket for no apparent reason. So I yeah, once right. That was freaking. I'm still baffled by that. <laughs> so uh, one thing that is that has to be true about a mathematical constant, uh, by its very definition, is that mathematical constants have to be definable. They have to be definable numbers. You have to be able to express that constant in some way using mathematical notation, such as uh, the Legendre constant. I mean, it was the limit of something. Uh, Pi is, you know, the ratio of, uh, you know, circle to st- or radi- or, uh, circumference to diameter of a circle. And, and E is something to do with something else that I can't remember right now. Uh, something, something, something. But one thing that does not have to be true about mathematical constants, and I, I honestly did not know this until I started doing a little bit of looking around on this topic. They don't have to be computable. That's Are you true. Serious? That's awesome. Yeah, no. do you know the non-computable one? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know of the one that you're going to find, but I know that in set theory, um, since there's only countably many computable things, if you're if you're constructing Aleph one, 
um, you know, the second, the second infinity. Yeah. Um, the first, you can talk about the first non-computable number, and it's it's somewhere in between Aleph zero and Aleph one. Yeah. Um, and it's it's and sometimes you use that in proofs. Uh, okay, but there yeah. there is one that is actually been defined. Like it's a number that's been defined, but it's non-computable. How is it defined? I we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so it's, oh, I I do know one that's that that is non-computable and defined. Uh, does um, the name start with a C? Well, I don't know the name of it, but I know if you if you do. Okay, the, well let let's go through this okay. first and see if it's the same one. If you don't know the name. all right, all right. Uh, it's called the Shaitan constant. Uh, C H A I T N constant. It's also known as the halting probability. It's a real number that represents the probability that a randomly chosen program will halt. Hence why it's non-computable. It yeah. directly relates... Uh, well, but it might be provably zero or provably one. It's, it's the summation of... Uh, of P from a PF where PF is the domain of prefix free universal computable function F of two to the negative absolute value of, or a probably length of P a string P. So this is, this is a hideously defined function <laughs> number. Like I, I haven't actually read this, uh, this entire Wikipedia article, so I'm not able to talk about it, but it directly relates to the halting problem. Okay. And hence, um, it's uncomputability. What's the one that you were going to talk about? Mine is is there. You can define something called a. Uh, uh, I'll just call it a Turing number. Um, and if it's, so, it's, if you it's have pretty n, close to it's this close. idea. If you have n Turing machines, it's the largest output of of oh, any yeah. Turing machine. So so the largest output of a Turing machine. If I call that t sub n, then the sum of one over t sub n converges. But those numbers, the T sub n's are are the sequence is uncomputable, um, so that uh, that series the series converges for sure because they they the numbers in the reciprocal go to infinity faster than any computable function, um, but um, you you can't I mean the the what it converges to is uncomputable. So that's fascinating. So they've defined a sequence. I'm sorry, a series, which of course just is a sequence. Yeah, well, you, you have sums. a sequence, and the sequence is going to infinity really, really fast, so its reciprocal is going to zero really, really fast. Mm -hmm. So its its sum must converge, and... Um, are, are, yeah. the, are the terms, are, are, the, are the impartial sums, is that sequence of partial sums known, or is that also uncomputable? Well, they, they've, only they've, only, they've only found T1 through T6... Um, T six is something is something like like uh, a billion or something like that. T seven would probably be be ten to the fiftieth or something. So so they I mean they they can get it pretty just by knowing the first six you know it very accurately. Um, but yeah, it, it I'm, that's about as far as they can get because the problem is so hard. Mm. Okay, I mean, uh, we can keep on talking about mathematical constants that we don't really know, uh, but that that's uh, just me reading from Wikipedia mostly. Uh, so uh, we'll probably actually just call this a slightly shorter episode uh, than normal, but I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do have a, a super special uh, outro 
for all of us, and that is uh, that I'm going to uh, play uh, a, a very special song by uh, my pals uh, Hard and Firm, uh, Chris Hardwick and Mike Furman. Uh, they'll be at Max FunCon 2010, just as they're at Max FunCon 2009, where I actually got to talk to Chris Hardwick about this song. It was it was great fun, and I really enjoyed talking to him. And you should really go out, uh, if you ever see Chris Hardwick, uh, go check out his stand-up. He's hilarious. And if you ever see Hard and Firm in your town, make sure you go see them and request this song. Because as he said, uh, he very rarely has the correct audience to play it. That's right. I'm about to play the song Pi. So uh, happy Pi Day, everybody. Uh, for Christopher Bates. Keep eating pie. Nathan Rowe. Have a pie-erific week. You had to step on it. You had to. I'm Samuel Hansen, and this is Pi.
That is the time that we have for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. Want to thank Hard and Firm for making that fantastic song, Pie, it's on their album Horses and Grasses. Google them, it's hard, the letter N, and then firm, P-H-I-R-M. Buy their album, go see their shows, they're really fantastic. Please do not uh, make them want to sue us for putting their song on our podcast. Also, go to YouTube, watch the video, it's great. The music that you heard other than the song Pi is by SP12. You can find them over at opsounds.org. And as always, Combinations and Permutations is a Creative Commons licensed podcast. It's a sh- attribution share like so remix. Just make sure you say it's ours and share it the same way that we did. You can email me with feedback at samuel at acmescience.com and you can find out more about this show as well as Strongly Connected Components where there are interviews with mathematicians talking about their craft over at acmescience.com. Thank you so much for listening.